Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Day with your host, myself, the love, Pastor Neil. I am your humble host, Alan from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom and insight, empowerment, and liberation. And as always, our show is here to promote a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And it is our goal to empower you, the listener, to knowing, being, and impacting the world around you. That's what we intend to do. That's what we try to do every week, <clears throat> every time we do this show. And we're grateful for you for allowing us to come into your radio waves, your computer waves, whatever it is, however you let us do it. We appreciate you. And you can join us on this uh, illuminating journey. Always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey. There's several ways you can do it. Call the number. It's the primary way, 347-237-5230. That's if you want to get your thoughts, uh, insights, opinion, two cents, five cents, six cents a dollar. If you want to get that in on the, on the radio, uh, that is how you can do it. The other way to do it is the chat line. Uh, the chat line, go to Blog Talk Radio or click the link if you use an outside source. And uh, get on the chat line. It's a good way to do it. Also, you can connect with me on the Facebook, uh, the show's Facebook page, past, uh, the Zero Network on Facebook. Go to the page, like the page. Uh, you can put your thoughts on every show. You know, you can listen to all the archive shows. And uh, however you choose to do it, fine. Hit me up on my email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Also, we're on Twitter at Prophesy. And we have a website. We finally have a website up again that used to be our uh, blog. That used to be our WordPress uh, blog. It still is. So you can go to LorenzoTNeal.com. And you can follow art. You can read some great blogs, uh, articles, whatever it is, and catch also archive shows uh, going back to 2010. Another great way that's Lorenzo Lorenzo T com. Um, and you'll enjoy. It. I tell you, I, I I get there and I try to keep it updated. I need to 
Matter of fact, need to go try to update it today. <laughs> but that's one way you can do that. And there's so many other ways. We're branching out. We're extending and enlarging in our territory as God sees fit. But before we jump ahead, we got a lot I want to talk about, particularly uh, uh, this little video that's gone viral with Kurt Franklin. It's a couple other things I, I like to talk about on the show, too. But before we get further into the show, let's have a word of prayer. God, we thank you for today. We praise you for your grace and your mercy. We ask for forgiveness of sins. We ask that you be with us on the show. Bless all our listeners and let it be glorified. Let you be glorified. Will you be glorified and your people be edified? It's our prayer. Amen. Well, uh, you know, I I, uh, I I always like to find interesting stories because there's some news that doesn't make news. <laughs> and when you, I, I, I find myself, you know, just kind of, Rummaging through the vast world of the internet, and oftentimes I come across stories that are humorous, stories that are inspiring, and stories that are just strange. And and when it comes to uh, the church in particular, you know, there's some reason you know we church folk can't stay out of the news. We we just can't stay out of the news, especially as pastors. We we find ourselves um, being in the news for the wrong reasons. Far too often, and I pray this does not happen to me at all. You know, I, I try to keep squeaky clean, but it, you know, we we can put ourselves in in predicaments where uh, we'll make the news for the wrong reasons. So, I came across this story while reading and surfing the web and and uh, talking about uh, you know doing some research for another show. Uh, before I get into it, I we had a guest planned today, and uh, uh, he was unable to uh, be a part of the show, so we had to kind of, you know, scourge, come up with a backup plan. I'm learning to have a backup plan, guys. And um, so the Kurt Franklin story kind of popped up, and that's what we're going to be. That's going to be the bulk of the, uh, the topic to this morning. But I came across this story, and I just thought it was interesting. Uh, in, in two ways, it was interesting because uh, it, it, it's, it's a funny story, but it's a serious story. So here it is: a Hanover pastor uh, uh, out of Virginia has been arrested for embezzling money from his church. All right, so that, that you know, right off, that doesn't sound. You know, that doesn't sound out of the ordinary. You know, we, we hear stories of pastors embezzling money from their churches all the time, right? Well, let's find out more. An ongoing investigation into an alleged online sex for money and extortion scheme has led to the arrest of a Hanover County church pastor who allegedly played, paid a Henrico County woman $100,000 to quick to keep quiet about a sexual encounter he had with her last year. A felony warrant shows that Chris Allen Phillips, 50, was arrested Thursday night and charged with embezzling $80,000 from his church. And it goes on to list the name of the church. And the article goes on to state the young lady had um, apparently had a thriving escort business uh, or prostitution, whatever you want to call it. I, I don't know how to... But this minister had relations with her, and she figured out a good way to make some quick money. Blackmail. Blackmail the preacher because he did the, you know, did the act, and 
And knowing that she can make money. And he caved in and gave her $100,000. $100,000, of which came for that means a fourth of that money came from came from, from the church. I don't I can't imagine I I can't imagine embezzling eighty thousand dollars. I don't know how he did it. You know, I uh, I have a voucher system as a pastor, so whenever I need funding, I just you know I make my voucher out and say this is what it's for, and you know, uh, get my check and I go on and do it, whatever it may be. You know, I I, I can do that. But even <laughs> even then, you know, I'm 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 being accountable. If I'm going to use it for something else, at least. I came up with a good plan, you know, well, not a good plan, but I have a, there's a system where I can't just skim all the money away. At least there's a system of accountability for me. Now, regarding this, the blackmail where, you know, he has this encounter with the prostitute and in order, you know, she figures she's going to make some money by telling on the preacher. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm going to be frank. I, I, I have done a lot of shameful things as a pastor. I, I, you know, I might as well just put it out there. I have done a lot of shameful things that probably would embarrass the church. And there are other pastors who can say the same thing. There's just some things we have done that we have totally regretted. We wish we would not have done. Some in the sexual arena, some outside of the sexual arena. But uh, I have learned, and I am learning, that the best way to combat things like this happening with me is just be upfront about it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm telling all my business, but that does mean that, uh, you know, there's a such thing called repentance. You go before your board, you go before your people, and you say, this is what I've done. I'm not proud of it. I'm ashamed, and I am willing to accept the consequences of my action. Now, how often does that occur? Not that often. I can say that from my own self. You know, when I was a younger pastor, I had an incident that happened uh, that that involved. I mean, it was it was real. It was a very bad situation. Very bad. It it should have cost. I mean, it should have done me in. It should have done me in. But I had loving members. I had uh, clergy who were you know mentoring me, and I was accountable to. And we worked through this. Work worked through it. If you want to know about it, I mean, I share it. It's part of my testimony, but uh, it's not something I'm, you know, whatever. But nonetheless, it uh, the members of the church realizing at that time, and I said this is a very long time ago, members of the church realizing my youth, my stupidity came to me, and they began the process of correction. At the church level, at the local church level, begin the process of correction, so that it wouldn't explode beyond the local church. And, and, you know, I had I, I, I admire that particular congregation to this day. Being a young man, I'm a, I mean, I was still in my early twenties, very early twenties, and just you know, being dumb, I guess you can say. And they took it upon themselves to correct me, just as a son, as mothers and fathers to a son. They challenged their pastor, <laughs> and you know I was humble enough to receive it. And uh, and what could have been a major explosion was was a small stumble. And I appreciate the small stumble, but I digress. That's just my testimony. Um, I said all that to say uh, the funny thing about this is, again, this guy 
uh, as as so many other people, you know, we're more willing to cover up our, our stuff than just to deal with the consequences. And and you know, there I'm sure there's going to be plenty of times ahead in my life where I'm going to have to just basically, you know, the words that I'm saying now, I'm gonna have to own up to it. Uh, and hopefully it won't be for anything such as this. I pray it's never for anything that would be overly embarrassing to the church, but it would be something. You know, if if, if I'm going to get caught, I want it to be caught for something meaningful, you know. Well, uh, now let, let, let's scratch that all together. Anyway, <laughs> y'all just excuse me. Just excuse me. It was probably a funny story, but, it, you know. Uh, anyway, so I digress. Well, in the end, the young lady gets a hundred thousand dollars. The young man, uh, the young—well, not young—but the preacher is now finding himself in a quandary where he's not only facing jail time but uh, fines, restitution to the church, all of that stuff. So he's in this quagmire, and uh, again, it puts another dark blot on the face of. Uh, Christianity, Western Christianity, American Christianity, the, the church, and uh, makes preachers like myself have to work a little harder, which I don't mind because I'm not any better than him. Uh, I, I would say that to the first, you know, first person. Uh, not much, not much better. But we, I, uh, we all strive to do better. So again. I'm rambling, so let me stop rambling. Well, uh, we got a good show lined up for you today. As again, as I talked, to, as I said before, we're going to be talking about Kurt Franklin. Uh, he made some comments on a popular uh, radio show, and uh, question we're asking is: Was he right? Is does he make sense? Is what he's saying makes sense about same-sex marriage? So we we'll talk about that and anything else you may have on your mind uh, for these next few minutes. And we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, that's what we get into. Those of you who've listened to my show uh, realize that uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, my computer crashed on me, and I had lost just, I thought I lost just about everything on my computer, all my important files and documents. But then I remembered that I had security. I had my files backed up automatically by Carbonite.com. Now, here's the good thing about Carbonite.com. They have the same encrypted technology that is used uh, for security, uh, e-commerce, transactions, all that stuff. They got it, right? And then they house it in state-of-art data centers that's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I wasn't worried because I knew my files were automatically backed up. And here's the good thing. I, I didn't have to worry about retrieving them either because I could access my files from any computer anywhere in the world. So if, if, if you, you feel like you're going to lose your stuff, I recommend Carbonite.com because that's the place to go. You don't have to worry about the cost either because they have a price for every budget you can imagine. Not only that, but if you go to that site today, you could get a 15-day free trial right now if you go in today. That's Carbonite.com for all your online backing needs. All they do is back up your files online. They don't do anything else. You can be guaranteed that all of your important documents, everything that you love on your computer will be safe and secure. Check them out today at Carbonite.com for your online backup.
is our favorite, yours and mine, because we found it together on a walk, 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 love to walk, a long walk, a a walk with you, a walk I smelled squirrels on, but I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better, but being there was already helping a little anyway, and then we found that wonderful thing waiting there waiting for you and me and you smiled and threw it and I decided right when I picked it up I would never ever leave it anywhere ever because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play and that had made you smile put more play in your day Beneful. play it's good for you fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint with truly unlimited data, text, and calling. It was just gigantic. It was humongous. Enormous huge bill. That's actually when we switched to Vonage. The service is great. I don't see any difference with the call quality. More, I can just pick up the phone and call. As it. many family members as I want. Ugh, why did I not do this earlier? I'm Laura Pruden, and this was my last bill. Before I switched to Vonage. Time is running out to get Vonage World for just $14.99 a month with unlimited domestic and international calls. Go to Vonage.com or call now. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I'm glad that you're joining us. This is the first Wednesday in June. It's the middle of the year. I mean, the year's going by just too fast. Man, I tell you. I, but, you know, I had, I, I, I'm looking forward to what the rest of the year is going to turn out to be like. Because if it's if it continues like the the first half of this year has been, it's going to be crazy. Think about all the stuff that's been happening. I mean, it's been a crazy 2013. I mean, it's just the weather has been crazy. The people have been crazy. And, uh, everything is just crazy. So, I mean, you, But it's summer. <laughs> uh, well, not officially yet, but, you know, kids are getting out for school. Uh, others who are graduating from high school are transitioning into college and those of us who are, well, it's summer. <laughs> it is summer. I want uh, I, uh, for all the June birthday people, especially you Gemini's. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Happy birthday, uh, especially to my friend Malika. Malika, I know you're listening, uh, and so I'm just, I'm just saying a happy birthday to you online. You know, just happy birthday early. Uh, you know, hey, Gemini's got to shout out. Shout out to all of my Gemini birthday people in June. All right, let me move on. So, so um, Kurt Franklin is making waves this uh, uh, this week. Uh, today, yesterday, I don't know when it, uh, but he's making waves. Across the uh, Christian community and the well, and uh, he's making waves. As you know, he's he's an eccentric guy. I, I've had the chance to meet him on occasion. Uh, uh, you know, this was before he's blown up to be the mega star that he is. Uh, and he, he's he, while he's a humble guy, you know, he's he's a, he's a little on the eccentric side, and, but he, he's a cool dude, cool dude. Uh, so he made an appearance. On the Sway Show on Sirius Radio, and as a guest, uh, Sway is uh, for those you're not familiar, and I I'm not all familiar with him, but uh, he's a, a secular DJ, pretty popular, you know, pretty you know good, whatever it may be, I don't know. But uh, Kurt Franklin made a stop on his show Sway in the morning, and uh, of course a lot of uh, celebrities come by there, and you know they're guests on the show, whatever it may be. So. Sway poses a question to Kurt Franklin regarding same-sex marriage. And it was interesting how the interview went. So I'm going to play the interview and we're going to, you know, we're going to discuss the interview. Uh uh we're going to discuss the interview because uh, it is pretty pretty interesting. And he's also he did he did uh I guess about a 15-minute interview give or take and two questions that he was asking First is about same-sex marriage, and the second one is about uh, Kanye West's album that is named Jesus. So uh, both uh, I have both clips, and we're going to play both clips and provide some commentary dialogue about both clips. But uh, here's the first one um, about uh, that he's asked about same-sex marriage, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, uh, this is this is from me. I think he did not answer the question. But I'll let you be the judge of that. So here, here's Kurt Franklin uh, being interviewed by Sway on Sway in the Morning Show and asked about same-sex measure. Here we go. This is Sway. 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 In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Shake your butt. Wake your fuck ass up. Cross out your eyes. Say it. Oh, yeah. We got the church. We ain't going nowhere. Say <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. We got the church. We ain't going nowhere. Hey, hey. <laughs> Go ahead, Kurt. Join on that, man. Join us, man. 45, are you with me? Oh, yeah. We got the church. We ain't going nowhere. Kurt Franklin has joined us, ladies uh, and gentlemen. Nice. Um, real quick, Kurt. I love getting your opinion. Now that I have you here, a couple of things. We're talking about same-sex uh, marriage. Um, it's been a big issue in our country. Yeah. Um, yeah. was a, 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 a staple in the conversation in the presidential election. Uh, we've had a few artists, um, a few athletes have recently came out, Jason Collins. Yes. And uh, a lot of people uh, in the church are in conflict with this. How do you feel about same-sex marriage? Well, first of all, how I feel about any topic, I think, is going to be really minute. I think that's been the big problem is, is, is that I think that as Christians, as the church, we've come across like the 
we've come across like the police. Yeah. You know, you know, where, where it comes across like, you know, where, where, where the spirit of it, it feels like the world police. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever my lens is, it's always going to be trying my best to see something through what I believe is going to be God's word and not God's word and, 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 and in essence of dogma mm-hmm. or in the essence of religion or to be right and to make other people wrong. I first would, you know, probably would always want to say, man, that I'm very sorry for all of the ugly things and all the painful things that people have even heard from church people, mm-hmm. you know, you know, um, you know, because, because things can come from a very homophobic lens. It, mm-hmm. Sometimes it feels very homophobic when people try to make their, 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 their stance and their beliefs. And, you know, I, I mean, that's been some very painful, ugly things that have been been said throughout the years that that have not always been in the essence of a heart for Christ. Yeah. And so, how I would always sum it up, whether whether you're talking about any issue that that people want to know, what does God's word say about it? This is the one that I always want to stand on in the Book of Romans. It says, "But there is none righteous, not one." So there's not one on the planet that is perfect mm-hmm. before God's eyes. And then the next verse says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's me. That's you. That's anybody walking on this planet mm-hmm. that God sees us all as broken people that need his love and his grace. He said, for all have sinned. So that means that we're all sinners in need of God's grace. If we were not sinners, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Mm-hmm. You know, if he didn't see us as sinners, he could have loved us without dying for us. Mm-hmm. He died for our sins. And so if we're all sinners, then that means that everybody's in the pot together needing the same love and needing the same grace and needing the same forgiveness. And that's how I see it. That's how you feel? Yes, sir. Okay, so you uh, you don't have a problem with it? What I see it is exactly as the way that I would see every one of us is that we're all sinners needing grace. Mm-hmm. And so more than, more than seeing a person as an ugly person or a person that 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 this sin is on top of this mountain and this sin is down along the valley i believe that 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 if the bible calls anything a sin it's listed in the same category as you would list pride uh-huh. as you would list hate mm-hmm. as you would list any other thing and uh-huh. so that's why i say that we're all in the same pot together and we're all needing the same love and we're all needing the same grace there's a lot of uh in the church there's a lot of people who are also homosexual you know uh, mm-hmm. that you you see constantly uh that are and that's my point, yeah, my point is that we all it's that we're all looked at the same lens, it says for all have sinned, mm-hmm. all have sinned, man, you know you know when you when you build bigger buildings than you do take care of the community, that's a sin that 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 the Bible calls loving money a mm-hmm. sin. I mean, how many churches and how many you know religious institutions do you see that it looks like that were built that were that were building buildings but were not building people? Let, let, let me ask you this because I'm going to go back to the promis- uh, uh, being promiscuous and the, yes, the point of addiction. If you're married, right, and you're within your own home, and you know, I mean this in a disrespectful way, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but you and your life partner wanted to watch porn, would that right. be simple? Well, once again, when you look at the list, the reason why I believed mm-hmm. that what I was doing as a young man was wrong is because 
when I look at the you know word and yeah. you know like like the only thing that I have to be able to go upon my life is not what I feel and not what I think because yeah. feelings can be trusted. I mean, how, I mean, I mean, how many times have you? Felt like you were gonna die on a plane. Yeah. How many times you felt like you were gonna die in a situation? But you know, because our feelings are always the caboose. Our feelings are never the engine. Yeah. You know, that's why you gotta have something that's bigger than your feelings to lead your life. Mm -hmm. Because if we all ran, ran around on what we feel and what we think, you know, it would be chaos and disorder in society. Mm -hmm. And so there's got to be some type of foundation that we can say, okay, what is the rock that I can build my life upon? Now, I humbly have chosen to build my life upon God's word. Now, some people may say, well, it's flawed and, it, you know, and it's been tainted and it can be trusted. And man has, you know, he's, he's, he's rewritten the Bible and rewritten yeah. re 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 uh -huh. that. And, 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 you know, we can, we can argue all day about the manuscripts and about the Greek and the Hebrew. The bottom line is that I've got to trust that God is so powerful and God is so intelligent enough that he has even divine power to protect his children that he loves, that he will give us a clean path because... I don't know about anybody here, but anybody who's a father or parent, nobody gives their child a gift on Christmas mm -hmm. that has to be put together and leaves that child to have to put it together themselves. Mm. Mm. Okay. And so God is not going to give us a life and a purpose and leave it up to us to try to figure out what to do with our lives. That would be very unfair. Okay. That would be very unfair to create us and then not give us a blueprint on, on what to do with this beautiful thing that we have called life. It's Sway in the morning. Only. All right. So I, 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 I know that was a long interview uh a little over four or five minutes uh but but let's dissect what he says first the first question that is asked him is a direct question uh what is your view on same-sex marriage so this is what he he begins his his uh his his answer with how he feels or what he thinks is minute. Now that's the first fallacy. That's the first, uh, you know. And, and I'm, please understand, I am not, I'm not speaking against the brother. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to demean him or uh, or anything like that. I'm just trying to help. You know, it, he says he's saying that his words are his opinions are are minute. That they, they they really don't matter. But the problem is that they do, because <laughs> again. You're talking about a multi-million, you know, platinum-winning, Grammy-winning, uh, uh, multiple award-winning musician, singer, and for him to say my personal thoughts are minute, and I, I'm this as a musician, as a composer, I when I when I write stuff, I know that this is me. This is a part of me coming out. It's expressed and articulated in either the music or the lyrics within the music. But it's coming from me. And in some in some capacity that's my that's my you know, those that's me. That's my words, that's my thoughts. I'm feeling it in some way. It, you know. And the sphere of influence is is what I'm, I'm trying to put it put in it. You know, this guy has a, a great sphere of influence, and when he says my thoughts are minute, well, no, I mean you can go to the YouTube page and, and see the video and see no, no, his thoughts are minute because there are thousands of already uh, you know hundreds of comments, if not thousands of comments, regarding what he said. So just because. He, you know, he said, well, it, it, you know, what I got to say really don't matter. No, it really does matter. The, the sphere of his influence is greater. And 
is is because of his influence. Because of that, it's it is is not in minute. And then he goes into the nice little uh, the nice little thing about uh, the spiritual police. And I, I understand where he's coming from. I do coming from a, a background where I went to churches that were steep in legalism. What you could and what you could not do determined how holy sanctified you were. In other words, the longer your dress, the longer the skirt that you had, the holier you were, you know, in, in Pentecostal circles and even in my own back, Baptist background, you know, they, they couldn't wear the, the girls couldn't wear skirts, I mean, couldn't wear pants to church. That was back, you know, when I was growing up. The girls couldn't wear pants to church. You just didn't do it. That was in the Baptist church. That was in the culture church. That was, you just didn't wear pants. And now, you know, you can wear whatever the heck you want. Uh, but <laughs> I recall, you know, coming into church and the boys we have on our shorts, we have on our jeans. No, we couldn't wear shorts. We had to wear jeans. We couldn't wear shorts. But we have on the jeans and the girls, especially when we were coming like from band practice or some kind of activity, they still have to have a skirt before they walked into the sanctuary. So, you know, something like that. Yeah, that that kind of legalism, I understand. And then you had those um, that were uh, Pentecostal and apostolic who would literally, based on what you did or did not do, determine if you were a backslider from week to week. <laughs> I'm serious. There, I, I've been to churches where – People were in the church, and because they didn't clap or they didn't shout hallelujah or something like that, the the uh, <laughs> there were those forces in within the congregation who felt that they must have lost their salvation because they were not enthralled within the groins of the worship experience. You know, and I sat there and I've laughed. I've I've been in there. I just laughed. Uh, and and then of course, you know, there there are those who are obstinate about judging behaviors that we call sin. So in that sense, the spiritual police, where he's talking about, you know, looking at what people do and don't do and saying that sin, uh, that, there is there is some, you know, there's some legitimacy, legitimacy to that. There, there is something to that. Uh, but, it, but then he goes and he, he starts apologizing for that. And to a degree, well, actually, no, there should not be any apology. Uh, it is the church's role to speak out against sin. It is. It is the Holy Spirit's role to convict of sin. I'm going to say that again. It's the Holy Spirit's role, according to the text in, in John chapter 16. It's the Holy Spirit's role to convict. Uh, is it John 15 or 16? Um, 15, I believe it is. The Holy Spirit's role is to convict of sin. Okay. It's the Holy Spirit's role to convict of sin. It is the believer's role to speak out against the sin. And, and Christ in, in, in did this in wonderful display of um, uh, he, he talks about whether what a brother sins against you, you know. And he says if, if someone sins against you, you first you go to that person individually, uh, and then if they don't, you know, adhere to it, then you take it to two other persons and they don't adhere to it, you take it to the church and, and then, you know, if that doesn't work, then you, you know, cast them out. Uh the Apostle Paul was a little less uh a little less caring or compassionate. He speaks about what he you know, he, he basically says if if a person is constantly continual in a pattern of behavior that we well, that we call sin, then that person 
that individual should be cast away from the congregation altogether, be put out of the church. Yeah, that's what Paul said, and that 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 has continued throughout centuries. And you know, the Catholic Church is famous for excommunicating people. Uh, the Pentecostal and Apostolic Church at one time was famous uh, during the 20th century for excommunicating individuals, and and we 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 don't see a much, as much as that now because again, the the church has. Uh, Western church in particular, the American churches has evolved. We've uh, a little more liberal and a little more tolerant of some things, and we understand behaviors now. And and now we also have a better understanding of mental as well as the emotional uh, underpinnings of a spiritual experience. We understand that uh, one's soul evolves involves one's feelings and one's mind and so now that we have a better understanding of that we're less likely to condemn an individual an individual as well as as much as we are to embrace it and and you, and you got to understand Paul well I'm jumping ahead of myself so let's get back to it and, and and probably the biggest argument that he makes here in this is that we are all Sinners. Now he borrows, you know, he says Romans. He, in particular, those you're not familiar, you talk, he's using Romans chapter uh, three, and he quotes verse ten and then verse twenty-three. Verse ten is where he says that there's none righteous, none right, none not one. That comes from Psalm fourteen. Um, that that Paul borrows uh, 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 a a verse from, you know, he picks up a verse from the Psalms and and and. and and throws that into the writing, and then comes back later on in verse 23 to affirm what he has already said. But again, when he says that there's none righteous, you got to read within the context of that that, that train of thought. Beginning in chapter one, Paul is a you know Paul basically calls out sinners <laughs> in chapter one, and and of course that's the biggest argument that uh, persons use in Romans one twenty six somewhere in there. You know, they, they use that argument against homosexuality. Uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, uh, buh, 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 buh. Oh, I cannot think of it right now. Uh, Romans 1, it's in Romans chapter 1, around, well, I want to say around 21, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Um, so you can check that out, but that that thought that's begun in that in that chapter in Romans chapter one is continued on into Romans chapter three, and even further developed in four, five, six, seven, and eight. Those, I mean, Romans is a very powerful book. So when you just when he when he he sounds he he presents this fallacy here, and uh, it's a formal fallacy, you know, uh, a formal fallacy that. Kurt frankly presents. He does not answer the question directly. The, the question was uh, two. The two prong question was one: What is your opinion of it? And two: Are you okay with it? And in both, he presents the argument that we are all sinners. And that, uh, that propositional fallacy is, is this: is 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 kind of what it does is uh, it, it asserts that the truth. Is there, okay? It's a compounded truth, and that's what Paul, that, that's what, what Kurt presents. This is a compounded truth. We are all sinners, okay? But uh, the the problem with that is that while it is a compounded truth, um, the inference within it is incorrect. Uh, 
Not that it's, when I say incorrect, I'm not saying wrong. Just incorrect, there's a difference. Uh, it it is it would not hold up uh, and to a, a a good argument, okay? Uh, you know, I, I wish I had time just to tear through exegete to exegete his statement. You know, his his answer to those two questions, and I, and I don't have the time to do that. But 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 uh, here he avoids the answer by saying compounding uh, presenting this formal fallacy this propositional fallacy this uh this compounded idea that we are all centered all categorized as the same to God which is true which is true uh and and, and again you have to well, you, you put this in perspective of, of God uh we Paul same guy writes God is no respect of, of persons okay he is no, if, and therefore, if God is no respect of persons, then He clearly does not delineate between the behavior of sin and condition of sin. Okay, and so let's get that because, as 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 Paul writes, we are all sinners. We of all all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. But uh, he further writes in, in in chapter four and chapter five is even, even more blatant about this uh, that. Because of the condition of sin, not just the behavior of sin, and I, I think that's where the church has missed it. Uh, you know, we spent particularly, especially in the 20th century, we spent so much time. The church spent so much time calling folk out about behaviors that were deemed as sin, instead of fully addressing the condition of sin. Every individual was born into sin, whether they're atheists, whether they're Christian, whether they're Buddhist, whether they're Hindu, the condition of sin inherently is inherently in every individual. Now, how that condition translates into behavior is a different thing. And, uh, you know, because I know a lot of good people, who, I know a lot of atheists who are good people, adhering to the laws of the land, adhering to what I would consider sound biblical morals, Ethical morals don't have a you know England toward going to church or believing in uh, a deity of any form, but their behavior reflects the very thing that the law requires. And, and the law, I mean, both the uh, biblical law, the Mosaic law, uh, and all of that, you know, the moral law, uh, as far as what we see outwardly towards individuals, they they exhibit that to a T. They got it down. So in that sense, they are sinless. In that sense, but the condition of sin is still there, because again, I, 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 I you know, I, I go back to this though. Jesus, the the Pharisees come to him about marriage and divorce and lust and adultery, and he gives this awkward answer that still kind of you know resonates within the uh, theological fields. I mean, he says, they say, what about adultery? You know. And, uh, a man commits adultery doesn't is that ground for for divorce whatever and, and he he pretty much says well if a man looks at a woman and lusts after her that's committed adultery so by that definition all men <laughs> married and single have committed adultery because we look at a woman and we desire her you know that's what lust is basically and and in doing so we we sin so. Oh, I wish I had some more uh, to talk about. I mean, I wish I had more time. I'm going to take a quick break because I want to get to this other audio clip where he talks about Jesus, uh, Jesus uh, Kanye West. 
But uh, again, the compounded argument about all sin sounds good, and to many people, it sounds compassionate, caring, without overburden. You know, pre- presenting the overburden of defining what sin is. You know, and by saying that everybody is sin, and even then, when he brings it to the, uh, he brings into the church. You know, the building. You know, the church is building big buildings, and that's sin. So the broadness of that. That answer brings relativity, you know. Therefore, it's less, it's more defensive and not offensive, you know. Uh, and it's a safe answer. But I, my challenge to him just say yes or no, you know. My stand is I'm against it, and that's it. You know, it would I would have preferred him to say that because by dodging the answer like that, it puts him him while it makes him. Sound good and makes it more relatable to people, as he said later on in the in in uh, in the interview. Uh, well, he was going to say in another interview. Why it makes it more relatable, it still sets him apart because you don't know where he stands, which is good in this time of day for his career. But let me take a quick break and um, come back from this break. We will. You know, I play the second clip and and you know go from there. Be right back after this. on the menu. We're going to do a little role play. I just need a volunteer. Me, me, me. Okay, Selma. Welcome to Burger King. Five garden fresh salads, please. Good choice. Do you have a garden fresh salad? Absolutely. Give it to me, baby. I would simply like a cheese, apple, and cranberry salad. Dressing on the side. Dressing on the side. That's not a problem. The new garden fresh salads and wraps. Come and get it at Burger King. Good morning, freedom. Hello, adventure. Today is yours. To find your can-do spirit, your will-do strength. To chart new paths and rediscover old ones. Capability has found its versatility. Making all days and all terrains equal. Go ahead. Raise your hands. 
lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours to go find your power. And where you'll find it is within. Alright, welcome back to Zero Today. Again, I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, the backside of the flip side of the upside, we are here. We're glad to be here. <laughs> Again, if you want to get your thoughts, inspirations, opinions, insight, whatever it may be on the air, call 347-237-5230. We may end up uh, going a little bit over our time, so if we go off the air, we'll still be recording for a little bit. Because I, 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 I want to get this next clip in. And uh, it has people in the chat room and having a good dialogue. So uh, join in the chat room, call in on the line, uh, hit us up on the page to make di- get dialogue going. However you want to do it, we appreciate that. So uh, before the break, we were talking about Kurt Franklin, what his what he was saying or dodging in regards to a question about same-sex marriage. And here he's presented with a question about Kanye West. Kanye West, amazing artist, uh, uh, creative individual, very creative individual, expecting the child and all the yada, 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 whatsoever, so forth. So he, Kanye has a new album that is coming out, and he has uh, apparently titled the album Yeezus, Y-E-E-Z-U-S, okay? And um, it sounds like Jesus, uh, you know, he did the Jesus Walks thing, whatever it may be. Uh, and I, I called a picture of uh, what the artwork for the album or CD would look like, and it's basically just a blank CD with red tape and Jesus written on it. I mean, how creative is that? But anyway, so Kurt is presented with this question about whether uh, Kanye's use of the word Jesus is blasphemy or not. And take a listen to what he says. It's again a little long interview, but we listen to what he says. This is Sway. 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 In the morning. In the morning. In the morning. Shake your butt. Wake your fuck ass up. Cross touch your eyes. Kirk Franklin has joined us. Um, while I got you, I'm going to ask you everything that comes to mind. It's all good. So, okay, I'm here, okay, son. Okay, okay, great. Cool. I'm here and I'm ready uh, to go. Kanye West, wonderful artist. Yeah. Uh, probably, to me, one of the most talented people in the business. And he's a friend. And he's a friend. And he's a friend of mine. He's a good friend of mine. Because he made that Jesus Walks. And, and I'm mad at that. I'm mad that, at Jesus for not would. giving me that joint. Yeah, I, know you, I, know, I know you wanted that song. I'm mad at Jesus for not giving me that joint. Like, I was like, Jesus, I've been walking with you. <laughs> Your boy been walking with you for a minute. You could have let me out of that record, son. Is. Come on, son. Come on, Jesus. could have gave you that record. That walk, that song. <laughs> That song was a change in point in the game. It was the illest, yo. Now, I'm telling you, I love that record. It's, rum- it's rumored that he's going to name his next album Jesus. It sounds like Jesus. <laughs> it could mean ye, because they call him ye. Um, it's one of us, Jesus. Or it could be a play on the word Jesus. Uh, some people feel like that's blasphemy. How, 
or blasphemous. How do you feel about that? If he wanted to name his album Jesus, well, what I would say to you know him or to anyone is that um, my relationships with people give me opportunities to share with them, and I and I. And I, and I don't always consider it wise. I think that the microphone is a very powerful tool, mm-hmm. and you can use it to build people up or you can use it to kill people. Mm-hmm. And so if my job on earth is to always try to be a light in somebody's life, then I would want to use the tool in order to, um, to be able to communicate in a way that if I'm going to uplift someone, mm-hmm. then I may not always do it through this tool. Mm-hmm. which is the microphone, you know, that that may be just heart to heart and breast to breast. It may be over a cup of, you know, coffee, you know, mm-hmm. it, it may be a phone call when I see somebody in person. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to believe the people that have been blessed with opportunity microphones, that the microphone is used, that, that is needed for, for, for your view to always be used at that time. Mm-hmm. Because you got to be wise with this thing. It's like y'all in here are very powerful people and mm-hmm. you have a very powerful, powerful tool and you affect millions and millions of people and so you always have to be wise when to use it mm-hmm. and how to use it. You know, it's almost like fire. Fire's a beautiful thing. Keeps people warm but when it's out of control it can kill you. Mm-hmm. And that's what the microphone can be. So, you know, I mean, whatever thoughts I have about Kanye or, you know, or or, or you know, same-sex marriage or anything else, I've chosen to be able to walk out life with people, you yeah. know, and, and, I, and, and I don't think that, that, that the microphone should be used to make myself seem wise or so opinionated, I would rather have a a walk life relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and they see the love of my life as we walk through life mm-hmm. together than for me to just spit a couple of feelings and opinions and then I dip out and it's over. I respect that answer, man. I I I, I really do. I respect that answer because uh, this is a powerful tool. So is that camera that's on you right now, and I Please. respect that. So I'll fall back on that one. All right, Please. Kirk. All right, so again, he seems to dodge the question, the answer to the question. Uh, is it blasphemous? I'm going to be honest with you. No, I don't think Jesus is blasphemous. And the people who are calling it blasphemous, you know, you know, get the you know, get off yourself. You're stuck on yourself. You know, uh, relax. You know, he's an artist. That's what he's supposed to do. You know, create whatever it may be. Uh, you know, it, it's, that's just me. I don't find it offensive and I don't find it blasphemous. However, uh, Kurt said something that's pretty pretty bold at the same time. Again, part of this fallacial argument that we presented earlier. Uh, he, 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 when asked if it was blasphemous, he, he, he goes and use, excuse me, uses the analogy of the microphone being, you know, the the venue, the venue that has created their fame, music. Uh, he said he he use, he tries to use it to uplift and and do anything. And if he does have anything that that reflects that personal thing, he goes to that person. You know, he said he'll do it heart to heart, breast to breast, in person. It is which is commendable. Uh, I I commend. You know, that is a great way to do it. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, first step is to go to your brother personally. If if the, if there's something that's done that's offending, and and Paul writes in Galatians, you know. If you see your brother Galatians six and one, if you uh, see your brother overtaking a fault, go to him and, and and try to help restore him. Take into consideration your own self, let you fall into the same temptation. And so you know, again, that's a compounded answer. But where uh, this is this is where it gets a little bit off. Okay, he says whatever thoughts that he has about it, he he gonna keep it to himself. He's chosen to walk his life out with people, and that's, that's a great thing. Uh, 
And and if you listen to what he said, he said he should not use his venue of music uh, or the mic, uh, as he as he uses it in this analogy, the mic uh, to make himself seem wise or opinionated. And again, while that sounds good, that sounds humble, that sounds uh, you know like the best answer. Again, it's a fallacy. It is not. Uh, it, it's a fallacy, and it's a fallacy in the sense that it's affirming. Uh, uh, it's affirming a disjunct. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's affirming something that's not altogether. How can I put it? You know, uh, let me put it this way: You have A, you have B, and if a is true. Uh, B can't be true. You know, it, something like that. Uh, and at the same time, while he's affirming, uh, affirming that 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 he he's denying. Uh, again, he's denying what he affirms. Uh, and that's a difficult type. This is a tightrope, you know. When and when we put it in a lot, you know. In, uh, for example, the direct answer would be saying no, it's not blasphemous because A, B, and C. That's the direct answer. The indirect answer that he gives uh, allows for too much room for other things. You know, yes, he could have said no, it's not not blasphemous because his fear of influence is such such as his audience is such 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 his history is such 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 you know yeah, those would have been wonderful arguments to undergird why it's not blasphemous um but when he goes uh when when he doesn't assert that and affirm that what he's saying is well you know let him do what he do and I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to respect the brother for that which is good but as a christian you know we can't be doing that. That's part of the problem. Uh, yeah, we 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 have to have a, a certain amount of tolerance and respect and all kinds of stuff. You know we got to have love and all that stuff. But at the same time, we can't be tucking our tails in. We have to fully affirm either we are or are not what we say we are. So uh, in this sense, you know, yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, uh, when he says things like that. Yeah, it's a good answer because it, it doesn't put anybody out. You know, he already said that Kurt, that Kurt Franklin already said that Kanye is his friend. So of course he's not gonna put his friend on blast and say, "Yeah, man, is 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 black because of this." You know, you know, of course he wouldn't do that. You know, uh, but at the same time, when you present a, when you present when you do that, you have to you gotta come back strong and say, you know, church people are so stuck on themselves, and that's why you know. Things like that. I'd rather him straight be straight up than give this long soliloquy of an answer that does not even penetrate the the top, uh, doesn't even protrude the top of the. And and here here's the flip side of it. As a church, we've gone to the other extreme. You know, we've gone to the other extreme of not affirming what is blasphemy. And because we don't affirm what is blasphemy. Uh, we know what is offensive, but because we don't know what is blasphemy, we allow so much there's so much that has garnished within the church, uh, particularly in the preaching. You know, 
Uh, we got preachers out there talking about everything, you know, doing everything. And that's blasphemous from my perspective, but hey, what do I know? <laughs> but we have to get to the point where, uh, and I just wanted him to say yes or no. You know, it is or it isn't. Um, <laughs> one guy says, he dances uh, in the chat room, says he dances the tune of money, of money and fame. And Jesus Christ is secondary. This is what uh, one guy wrote in the chat room. Um, and you, you got to, I, I have to agree with that he does dance to the tune of money and fame that that's that's his livelihood so uh by uh but it, it would have come across as defaming someone in his <laughs> you know it would have come across as defaming kanye defaming kanye by saying what kanye did is blasphemous and they're going to be they're already going to be preachers who are going to say that so he ain't got to worry about that you know they're going to be those folk who are already going to say that it's blasphemous just because it sounds like Jesus, <laughs> and if they really knew, you know, <laughs> they got that right in anyway. So, uh, but the, my point is, my point is, we have to begin to fully affirm ourselves as believers. We we can't just say we can't just try to wiggle through the quagmire of all these beliefs. We have to stand firm on one thing. You know, either we do or we don't. Either we believe or we don't believe. Either we're wrong or we're right. Uh, you know. And here's the thing: when we do that, the line is there for not condemnation, because we don't want to condemn anybody. We we do not have the authority to condemn anyone. We do have the, con the we do have the authority to say that this is the more likely path that one should path so travel. Uh, because according to you know, if we stick to scripture, then we will have you know. I'm not talking about a loose interpretation of scripture. I'm talking about if we interpret scripture literally, literally embrace it uh, in its most literal sense. We'll find ourselves outside of the very thing that we try to identify with, and when we do that, we won't have any choice but to rely on the author of scripture, God Himself, to bring us into where we need to be. Now, I, the hardest thing about that is that means owning up to ourselves and where we fall short. And owning up to ourselves include admitting to the fact that admitting to the fact that we're, we get wrong sometimes. We are wrong sometimes, as as preachers and as humans. But um, but at least if we're wrong, we should affirm when we're wrong. Even Paul did that. Paul Paul in some text says. Uh, when you read, he'll, you'll find that in some places he's like, I'm not writing to you as a command. I'm writing to you as a, from a, my perspective, in my opinion. It, this is what I think. And when you put both of those in, in, in there, you find that there was a that that there that Paul understood uh, the idea of self differentiation. Okay, that that's what in, in a psychological word. That's what the differentiation differentiation of self. He understood that. And he was able not to let others influence how he reacted to them or how they, uh, he in turn ex was expected to react. Uh, so, hey, it's great. Paul was an amazing uh, writer. Uh, the narratives he put, especially in Romans, about what he experienced just in Corinthians and about what he experienced as, a, in a, as an apostle is, you know, it, it's wonderful. But anyway, I digress. Well, 
that's 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 it for the show. I I, I went over time, so you're gonna catch a long broadcast. Uh, but I appreciate you listening to the show. Uh, tune in next week. We'll have another great show. Hope to have a another great guest. And we have some uh, great shows, summer shows lined up for you. And um, hopefully the world will not end before we get around to it next time. So till then, this is Pastor Neil saying thank you. Come again, listen in, catch the broadcast, catch the archive.